Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. said in the word that the enemy comes to, but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says that you might have it to the full. Hallelujah. The enemy's out to kill you today. Amen. Hallelujah. I spent the past two days in a funk. I, I, I'm being totally serious. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't think couldn't stay awake. I figured out what it was. Last night, right as I was getting ready to go to bed, I went to take my medicine sometime either Friday night or Thursday night. I took two doses of my medicine before I went to bed. So I was in a funk for the past two days. The enemy wants to kill you. He'll try and get you to accidentally overdose on your prescription medication, which, you know, all I take, I, I take a, uh, what is it I take? I take a cholesterol pill, I take a baby aspirin, and I take a blood pressure pill. It's not good when you take two blood pressure pills when your blood pressure is normal whenever you have one in you. <laughs> so I spent the past two days in a funk. It was scary. But the enemy wants to kill us. The enemy wants to kill things in your life before it's time for them to die off. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 4. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now dropping down to verse 7, says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise. And behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. So God takes Ezekiel and he sets him out in the middle of this valley full of dry bones. Represented the house of Israel for one purpose. To prophesy life. You know, Ezekiel goes ahead there in verse 7 and it says he obeys the voice of the Lord and prophesies as he was commanded. There was so much power and authority in his voice. Why? Because he was being obedient to what the voice of the Lord had told him. Ezekiel obeys the voice of God and speaks to a valley full of dead bones. So much power and authority, everything in the valley came back to life. Word of God says that bone came to his bone and then sinew and flesh came upon it. And then he told him, told him to live. Life came into them. They stood up. Word of God says an exceeding great army. God's looking for somebody today that's going to declare life. 
looking for somebody that's going to declare the word of the Lord and prophesy life to dry dead things. I ain't lying. You know, the past two days have me messed up. I'm sitting there and I'm trying to get a message together. Okay, God, what in the world am I going to talk about? Life. I ain't kidding. I'm scared. But God's wanting somebody that'll prophesy life to dead things. And this morning I want to prophesy a few things to you. I want to prophesy life to you. Those things that are dead are going to live again. Prophesy life into dead relationships. Parents don't talk to their children. Siblings don't talk to each other. Such silliness shouldn't be in the house of God. How in the world are we going to show a lost and dying world the love of Jesus Christ if we can't even love our mama, our daddy, our brother, our sister? We're wasting our time. But today I prophesy life. Get those things in order. Get them back to where they ought to be. Walk according to the word of God. Choose love. Prophesy life to dead marriages. Oh, you done fell out of love. I got news for you. Love ain't a bucket you can fall in and out of. Love's a choice. I choose to love my wife. She chooses to love me. And how how do you know that, Brother Darrell? Because I know that I am not lovable at times. Shannon bought us some candy for Valentine's Day. She bought Bella this cute little heart that had a grumpy cat on the front of it. Bella looks at her Nana and says, Nana, this ought to be Papa's. Because he's grumpy. I know I'm grumpy sometimes, but she chooses to love me anyway. Amen. Love's a choice. Choose love. I prophesy life today to dead dreams. You had things that you wanted to accomplish, things that you wanted to do in your life, and they died off because life happened. Revival. Start doing those things that you want. You want to go to school? Go to school. You want to get your degree? Get a degree. You want to start a business? Start a business. Do what you want to do. Revive the dreams that God put in your heart and let them live. Speak life today to dead visions. Are you where you thought you would be today? Are you where you saw yourself 20 years ago, 10 years ago? I speak life to those visions. Get them back. You know, a lot of times we stop and, and, and we let things die off because it's hard. Life is hard. There's rough things that happen sometimes, but you go on and you get up and you dust yourself off and you keep on going. Speak life to dead prophetic words. You got a word from God that ain't come, pa- come to pass yet. Don't worry about it. It will. You're in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 1. 
I felt the call to preach and, and to, to be in the ministry when I was 16 years old. And the kind of church that I went to when I was 16 years old, you said you were called to preach. They put you in the pulpit and you started working. <laughs> but as I was praying about it, and I knew that God had called me to do something. So I was like, God, I need to know something for sure. So God gave me a scripture. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. And this is just paraphrasing. It said, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed to Daniel. And it was true. But its time was far off. I'm 54 years old and I'm just now getting to where I think that God wanted me to be. It was true back then. But I had to go through a lot of places and through a lot of things and, and endure a lot, a lot of troubles and tests and trials and teachings to get to where I am now. And man, it was true, but it was a long way off. I speak life to dead finances. How many of you in here has too much month left at the end of the money? Well, we get ourselves in some messes. We, we, we like to buy things and have nice things, but then we get ourselves in a mess, and then we got to dig ourselves out of a mess, and, and, and we don't know what we're going to do, and we got to ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Show me how to get out of this mess. God, I'm going to give my tithe to the church. I'm going to sow offerings, Lord. I'm going to sow seed. I'm going to give offerings. I'm going to give my tithes. I, 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 I'm going to sow seed. Lord, you're going to have to do something because I made a mess out of it. Amen. You know, everything in your life that's been illegally crucified or died a premature death, I call life back to. Prophesy life in the place of death. Light in the place of darkness, joy instead of sorrow, abundance instead of lack, health in the place of sickness, rain in the places of drought. Those things that are dead are going to live again. Amen. I prophesy life. Has it really been dead too long? You might be thinking, Brother Darrell, there's no way that this thing in my life can ever live again. It's been dead. It's been dormant. It, it's been laying to the side. You know, the Lord gave me a, a, a gift to use, and I took it, and I put it up on a shelf, and I haven't used it in so long. What in the world am I going to do? How is that thing going to live again? Believe God. Well, maybe there is something in your life that's been dead a long time. Maybe you've given up hope of it ever being resurrected. But God's word to you this morning, there's nothing so dead that God can't bring it back to life. There's nothing God can't do. Genesis 18, 14 said, is anything too hard for God? You know, Ezekiel went down into that valley of dry bones and began, began to prophesy. Those bones have been there for a long time. They've been there so long that all the flesh had rotted off, all the sinew, all the, all, everything had rotted away except the bones laying there. And they'd done been laying there so long they fell apart. They weren't even connected anymore. 
house of Israel had been dead for hundreds of years. They wasn't just dead, they were very dead. They wasn't just dry, they were very dry. Ezekiel 37, 2 says, And it caused me to pass them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. The bones were so dead and so dry that when God asked Ezekiel if they could live again, Ezekiel looked to, looked to God and, and, and said, I have no idea. God, you're the only one that knows the answer to that. Verse 3 says, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Lord, thou knowest. But even though they had been dead for years, they were very dry, as it said, when Ezekiel began to prophesy. Something happened. When Ezekiel began to talk to the bones, when he began to prophesy to the bones and told them to live again, something happened. The Word of God said there was, said there was a great noise. You know, sometimes you got to make a great noise. God wants to hear your voice. I believe it was Mark Hankins that said, your voice is your address in the Spirit. You want God to know where to send what you need, begin to talk to Him, begin to make a noise. Begin to cry out to Him. Begin to praise Him. Hallelujah, because those bones are coming together. Those things are dead are going to live again. Going to come back to life and become an exceeding great army. You know, even though those bones were very dry, they've been dead for hundreds of years. When Ezekiel prophesied, it released life. That valley of dry bones began to live. Turned that valley of dry bones into a valley of life. And there isn't nothing so dead that God can't bring it back. Doesn't matter how dead that thing in your life is, maybe you've given up all hope. But change is coming. I prophesy life this morning to you. Romans 4.19 says this, Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham and Sarah were old. Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90, and they were believing God for a child. I would not even want to think about having a child at 54. But Luke 18, 27 says, The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. God brought life back to Abraham in his old age and caused Sarah's dead womb to have life again. As a result, Isaac was born. Despite their old age. Why? Because God promised. And God keeps his promises. Name Isaac means laughter. You imagine the joy that Isaac brought to his mother and father's life. They had always wanted a child and now they've got one. But before the joy came, before they experienced laughter, 
the things that were dead in their lives had to live again. What is it in your life that needs to come back to life today? What is it in your life that if it came back to life would produce joy and produce laughter in your life? Whatever it is, I prophesy today it's going to live again. You know, Lazarus had been dead for four days when Jesus got there. After about three days, a human body starts to stink after it dies. Decay sets in. And so by the time that Jesus got to Bethany there, to the house of Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, the funeral had already taken place. They'd already buried him, wrapped him up in, in grave clothes, put him in the ground and rolled a stone to seal the tomb. And Martha looked at Jesus and said, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. And Jesus looked at her and said, your brother's going to live again. Lazarus will live again. And so Jesus asked to be taken to Lazarus' tomb. And once he got there, he told them to take the stone away. And the first thing they told him, Lord, it's been four days. He stinks. The things in our life might be stinking right now. But God can bring life back to them. But Jesus told him, said, roll the stone away. The Bible says that Jesus wept. And he spoke and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus was specific. Because if Jesus had just said, come forth, everything and everybody that was dead would have came up. God wants you to be specific in your prayers. Don't pray shotgun prayers. Oh, Lord, just whatever you want to do, that's fine with me. Just go ahead and do it. No, get specific. Tell God what you want. Amen? When Shannon and I started dating, she had a list. Yes, she did. <laughs> if I didn't check off everything on her list, I wouldn't be married to her. Why? Because she wasn't going to settle. That's our problem. Too often we settle for things when it's not what God's will is for our life. And then we get in a mess and then we complain to God about what we got going on. And God's like, I didn't do it. You did it. But those dead things can live again. You know, it didn't matter how many days Lazarus had been dead. It didn't matter that his body had already began to decay. At the command of Jesus, he got up. Lazarus come out of that grave bound with grave clothes, and Jesus told him, said, loose him and let him go. You know, Jairus came to, came to Jesus because he had a daughter that was sick that was dying. He fell down at Jesus' feet and he said, you know, my little girl's sick unto death. Come lay your hands on her that she might live. Lord, just come and heal her. And so Jesus went with him. And as, as they were on their way, word came that she had died. You know, she's already dead. There's no need to bother Jesus anymore. Mark 5.36 says this, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. And when they got there, Jesus took Peter with him and, and James and John. And they went into the house. Everybody was weeping. Everybody was crying. Jesus said to them, the child isn't dead. She's only sleeping. And they laughed at Jesus. 
But Jesus took the little girl's father and mother, went into the room where the dead girl was laying. He took her by the hand and he told her to get up. I wonder what happened. She got up. Jesus was the Word made flesh. When the Word says it, things happen. Amen. Amen. You want, it, well, you want things to work in your life? Begin to speak the Word of God over your life. Amen. Begin to speak life over your life. Yes. Stop letting your tongue run away with, with the things in, in your life that, that God wants you to have. Amen. But speak the Word on it. Yes. But she came back to life. Life drove back death once again because Jesus was in the room. You know, there was a wealthy woman that built a room onto her house and, and furnished it for the prophet Elisha. And, and when Elisha went through there, he would stay in that little room. And, and the lady had a son, uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16, 17. Because she had been good to Elisha, Elisha prophesied to her and and here in 2 Kings 4, 16 and 17, says, and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, don't lie to thy handmaid. Amen. Woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. But a few years later, the boy got sick. And he died. Mm -hmm. But she knew what she needed to do. She knew that God had promised her a son and God wasn't going to allow her son to die. That's right. So she got to the prophet who prophesied that she was going to have a son. She told the man of God, I didn't ask for a son. You prophesied that I was going to have him. I had him now. I want him back. Don't give me something and then try and take it back. Right. She, she wasn't putting up with it. And so Elisha told his servant Gehazi to go take the child and his staff, touch the child, and nothing happened. So Elisha took the boy into his room. Bible says he stretched himself out upon him. Life came back. Genesis 18, 14, is there anything too hard for God? No. You know, the devil's a liar. Amen. No matter what the devil might be telling you, he's a liar. He's saying things like, you're too old. Oh, you missed your opportunity. You waited too long. You don't have the education that you need. You're not connected to the right people. Romans 4.21 says this, being fully persuaded that what he promised, yes. he was able to perform. Yes. Amen. God's made promises to you. God's yes. prophesied over you. God has given you visions, given you dreams. Guess what? Don't let them die. Amen. Let them live and begin to declare the word of God over them and, and do the things that you need to do to bring them to pass in your life. We sit around on our blessed assurance and wonder why God's not, going, not doing nothing and we're the ones that's not doing anything. God's moving all around us and we're sitting there idle. But your best is yet to come. 
situation that you're in doesn't have to stay that way. Things can change in an instant. Proverbs 21 or 27 1 says this, Thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. Amen. It ain't over till God says it's over. That's right. It's just the beginning. Your best is yet to come. God has things for you to do. Yeah. You know, we get saved and we come to church and we sit here and we don't do nothing. Oh, I go to church. But are you doing anything? Oh, I go to church. But are you doing it? Well, I go to church. Are you doing anything but holding the chair down? And God's looking for somebody that's willing to put in some work, to put in some sweat, to put in some tears. I had the pleasure of talking to a gentleman Thursday. He's late 70s. Didn't catch his last name. First name's Larry. Works for the Southern Baptist Convention. He was telling me, he said, I started off in ministry when I was 17 years old, pastor in my first little mission church in a one-room schoolhouse in eastern Kentucky. He said, for the past 25 years, my wife and I have been the head of missions for the Southern Baptist Convention. So we've got to live everywhere across the country. We've got to live in foreign countries. We've got to do a lot of things. He said, now we're settling down. Amen. They were putting their home up for sale, beautiful home. Putting their, put their home up for sale so that they could buy their retirement place. Well, what are you doing? I'm still working for the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm just not the head of missions anymore. God didn't call us to quit. God called us to work and do things. You know, it's not over till God says it's over. It's just beginning. Our, our, our best days are still ahead of us. You know, new life is coming to that area of your life that you thought was dead. Prophesy to you this morning, your best is yet to come. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Yes. And sometimes we feel like everything is dead and dry all around us, but God's going to make rivers to come through there and bring life to those things that we think are dead in our life. Psalms 126, 1 through 3 says this, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. You're going to live, you're not going to die. Psalms 118 and 17 says, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. You know, David's enemies were continually trying to kill him. All his life. Just had the scene from Color Purple pop in my head. All my life I had to fight. When David was tending sheep out in his father's pasture, a bear and a lion came 
trying to take his sheep, trying to take him out, but he killed them. A little while later, a big guy named Goliath came along, was going to take him out. David took him out. Uh Cut his head off with his own sword. David's enemies always trying to kill him, but their plans never succeeded. Why? I'll live and not die. I'll live and declare the works of the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shalt thou condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. God's got great things for you. Yes, he does. Amen. Amen. God allowed Hezekiah to cancel a funeral. Man of God went in and told Hezekiah, get yourself together, get your house in order, you're getting ready to die, go ahead and plan your funeral. When the man of God walked out of the house, walked out of the room and started walking out of the palace, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to plead with God. God told him, he said, okay. Told the man of God before he got to the door, he said, turn around, go back and tell him he's got 15 years. What would you do if you knew that you had a time limit on what you could get accomplished for God. God said, okay, you've got 15 years. Get everything done that you can get done. Right. And we'd be working our fingers to the bone, wouldn't we? Yes, sir. Hezekiah didn't want to die. His funeral was canceled. Healing virtue flowed through his body, brought new life. Right. Healing virtue brought that life, caused death to flee. Thank yes. God is good. And while I'm prophesying life and I'm telling you that God wants things to live in your life, I'm also telling you that if God killed it, leave it alone. Let them stay dead. If it's a relationship that was going nowhere, a relationship that wouldn't bring you nothing but pain and hurt and, and tears, don't try and resuscitate it. Don't try and revive it. Let it go. You probably got ahead of God and picked somebody that that wasn't who God wanted you with in the first place. Amen. You know, if it's a business that's served its time and done its purpose, let it go. God's got something else for you. If it's a ministry that served its purpose, let it stay dead. But if God's calling you to do things, do them. Work. God gave you a gift and you put it up on a shelf because life happened, get it down, dust it off, and begin to breathe life back into it. If those dead things are things that God killed or let die, let them stay dead. Don't try to keep the things in your life that God's removed. No matter what they are. You know, we're pack rats. We like to keep things. We store them up. We take them and we'll put them up on a shelf and we'll put them out and we'll get them out and we'll look at them every once in a while and we'll dust them off and then we'll put them back. But the best is yet to come. God's got something better for you. Let those things that God killed, God took out, leave them alone. But the things that have been illegally crucified, the things that have been illegally killed, the things that the enemy came to try and steal and kill and destroy, Speak life into those things.
If it's something that hadn't fulfilled its purpose yet, get it down, use it, do what God's called you to do. And God's got people for you to minister to. Get busy. Decree it. You shall live again. Prophesy to it. Speak to it. Talk to it. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So this morning I prophesy to your prayer life. Why are you prophesying to our prayer life? Because most of, most of our prayer lives are dead. I prophesy life to your worship. When we come into the house of God, I, I, I don't know about you this morning, but I felt God this morning. You know, there's a lot of times I come in here and I get up there and I sing and I just go through the motions. But this morning, when we were practicing... I had to fight it back to keep my composure while we were practicing this morning. Your worship in here is an overflow of your worship in private. So if you're not worshiping in here, you're probably not worshiping in private. I speak life to your praise. Begin to open your mouth and give praise to God. Got news for you. Heaven ain't going to be quiet. Amen. Hallelujah. Word of God says there's 24 elders and beasts around the throne and constantly crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, the everlasting. They're not quiet. I speak life to your fasting. Oh, Brother Darrell, you're cussing at me now. Well, we need to, to lay some things aside. I know I do. I need to lay some things aside. I need to just, just push them back. I need to push back my plate. I need to turn the TV off. I, I, I need to, to, to put the iPhone down. I, I, I need to shut the computer off for a while. I need to shut everything else out except for God. All of us do. Everything in your life that's been illegally crucified and prematurely died can live again. Speak life to it. I speak life to it this morning. You begin to speak life to it in your prayer life, in your quiet time, in your devotional time. Speak life to it. Begin to do those things. Tell you what, this morning, I prophesy life to you. It's up to us whether we receive it or not. The man. Yes. The man of God can come and he can bring you the word of God and he can deliver the word of God to you. But if you don't take it and and put it down on the inside of you, Amen. King David said, "Thy word have I hid in my heart, O God, that I might not sin against you. That I might not." Amen. David knew what kind of a mess he was. Amen. He knew that he was going to mess up again and again. And again and again. But he knew what to do whenever he messed up. He repented. He got down on his knees. He turned his face to the wall. He began to cry out to God. Yes. Clean me up, God. Amen. Change me. Yes. 
Don't leave me the way that I am, God. Change me, Lord. Let me be used for your glory. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all today. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.